Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio. This is episode 246 for March 1st, 2018. I'm one of your hosts, Adrian Michaud. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Bolivar. And I am Trevor Furlot. Yay! There we go. That was nice. <laughs> that was nice. Very, uh, very consistent. All right. Uh, what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Uh, they've got some really cool custom Ruger 10-22 uh, TD rifles. So they've got some tack hammer barrels uh, that they've thrown on to these uh, Ruger 1022s. Um, you've got a couple of different options on them. They'll put on like a backpacker stock or an AT tack hammer nine inch barrel. Uh, so a couple of different things that you can put together there. Their package price is $7.99 when it should be like $9.57. So it's a pretty cool little mini uh, 1022 backpackers uh, if you'd like to take a look over there. It is, man. We got one of those in stock at uh, Denise with the backpacker stock takedown in the backpack. Nice kit. Goodies. It's definitely worth checking out. Cool. Uh, Matthew, Matthew, Brian, Brian, I'm still I guess? not Matthew. I'm still <laughs> not Matthew. I know there's lots of people who wish I was Matthew, yeah. but I'm not. I'm really, well, except for Jewel. Jewel does not wish you were Matthew. I believe that. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, eh, okay, we're back yeah, up, Matthew. So- what did i do um back up matthew ouch that is <laughs> that is the harshest insult you have tossed at me yet that was vicious. okay oh, I gotta um, step it up. yeah okay so i wasn't here last week um what did i do i was out at the milkun range for their snowshoe and shoot it was really not snowshoe weather it was more of a boot and shoot but um so you you arrive at the range at actually at their house at the front of the range, put on all your gear and hike into the actual range facility. So it's about a three and a half K hike in and a three and a half K hike out. Um, did a little pistol shooting. Then, uh, got my, I, I had taken my, uh, 14 and a half inch lightweight upper. So re zeroed that at a hundred because it's always different after I zeroed it at my range at home to somewhere else for whatever reason it is. Um, then we, after we did that, we went to another longer range and I got to shoot that rifle back to 600. Okay. I didn't actually shoot back to 600 because at about 500, the accuracy was such that I wasn't really keeping rounds on an 18 inch target. So I said that was good enough and I was getting cold and I was getting tired, but anyway, um, it's about what I expected. That rifle is, was never meant to be a super accurate rifle so it's it's doing what it needs to do for me and it was nice and light to carry and it was a good day to get out and kind of break the ice with some uh some center fire shooting um for the for the long winter that we've had um i may have another opportunity to do to do that this month it is this month now isn't it today is march um and we'll see so it was it was a good time that's it for me all right uh trevor looks like you're still working on your stuff kelly what about you 
Sure. So on Saturday, I got invited by one of our listeners, uh, Robert Foote. He and his son, Wes, Wes is eight years old, and uh, he, along with Wes and Kelly Kincaid, we all went to FRPC, which is uh, Frontenac Club. It's our, our local club. We went there, and we had a great time. We spent a few hours shooting. Uh, Wes, his son, actually shot everything that we brought. So uh, I got to shoot Kelly Kincaid's uh, 20-gauge um, Fausti. It's beautiful. Anyways, it's an over-under. So I got to shoot that, and so did Wes. Uh, Papoose, Marlon Papoose we shot, um, Glocks. Kelly had gotten a brand-new gun for um, Christmas, I think it was. I don't know. Anyways, it's uh, it, it's a 1911. It's I think it's one like you have there, um, Adriel. It's a... Uh, Doesn't she have the SIG? Yeah, she has the SIG, but she got a NORC. Oh, an oh additional one. So she got she got it, and she asked me if I wanted to shoot it, and I said sure. So I took it over, and uh, from ten meters, I was shooting it, and yeah, it was low and right, and I or sorry, low and left, and I took it back over to her, and I said it's really low and left, and she goes, yeah, it, it was for me too, and I said, well, it was really open too because it was like four inch, like a four inch circle, and I'm going, that's that's not good. Anyway, she said, yeah, it was like that for me too. And I said, okay, well, she brought her SIG too. So I took her SIG and I took it over to where I was shooting the NARC. And, you know, I had a one inch circle in the middle of, anyways, so it's not my shooting. It was the gun. She said it was absolutely the gun. So I tried it again hmm. and same results. It was like, it was, the group was so loose. It was, well, you know, loose, like a, anyways, a $2 Booker. I guess I don't know, <laughs> but it was really loose. Wow, and <laughs> anyways, so it was so loose, and it was we were going to move the sites, but she has the same results. As I actually don't know anyone that refers to groups as loose. <laughs> well, I've, I've heard of wide, tight, you know, tight, wide group, wide, uh, large, large, large. Yes. Anyways, um, loose. Okay. It was all loose over the. Now. Group tight. Well, I mean. What is the opposite the, of tight, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. All over the place. Anyways, so... Like a $2 hooker. Yeah. <laughs> so she said that uh, she's actually looking at selling it. She wanted me to know if I wanted to buy it, and I said no. Um, Question. But same, yes. Is it the 9mm NP29 or a 45? It's 9mm. Hmm. Really? Yeah. I know so, the sights. The sights can be atrocious, but... It should have mm -hmm. grouped better than it did. Mm -mm. Yeah. And I mean, it was, yeah, there was no. Other question. Mm -hmm. Do you know what grain ammo she was shooting? Uh, she, she was actually uh, shooting uh, one, the X-Metal targets. Cause I actually, it was me that was shooting it. Right. So I was loading the X-Metal targets. It was 147 grain. Okay, because the reason why I ask, John Snuffleupagus, right? He has a Colt, and these are supposed to be Colt clones. And I don't know what twist rate are in these Norks, but John's Colt um, groups really poorly until you put 115 through it, and then all of a sudden it's a laser. Oh, then that might be the issue. Cause... Could very well be. And yeah. if mine ends up only liking 115 grain, then it's going to either get sold or just never used because I compete with 125 and heavier. So right. right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, she asked if I wanted to buy it, and I said no. But I, w- I said if she was going to sell her Sig, I would actually like to buy that. It is a really, really nice gun. So, and if I can get a group of, you know, an inch at ten meters, I get. And that um, one's forty-five, right? No, it's nine. Her Sig's in nine. Yep. I didn't know Sig made one in nine. Yes, they do. And Ooh, this is. So SFRC has them in stock too. Actually, they, I think they only had one left, and it was fifteen hundred dollars new. Fifteen. Yep. Still though, and it's got a rail on it, and rails yep. are now allowed in Classic Division and Nipsic. Initially, they weren't. So it's a Sig. It's a nine mil. It's yep. nineteen eleven. It's and got it a rail. Nice. And it's only fifteen hundred bucks. Yep. Well, I mean, for that price, you could get uh, a bespoke Nork nineteen eleven. That's you could get a bespoke. Thank you for pronouncing that for me because well, I was struggling with that. I oh. could actually buy the Nork from her and send it to you, and then we can just trade it all out, right? Yeah. Hmm. No. Anyways, so well, it, we I mean, we could do a lot to it before replacing any parts, right? So. Right. Um, we, I mean, we do sites. Sites are a given. So you're going to drop a hundred bucks on the cuts and then whatever you decide to spend on your sites. And that's going to do a lot for you because the Nork sites are horrific. And mm-hmm. then of course I can do all the trigger job just for free. Right. So. But I'm not buying it. So. All right. Okay. Why not? Why are you? Yeah. Buy it. Just go ahead. Do it. Brian says just, just buy it. it. All right. Anyways, so uh, at the end of it, I just wanted to let you know that Wes, as I said, he's eight years old, right? And he even was shooting my uh, 12-gauge Benelli as well. He loved it. Anyways, at the end of it, he came over to me, gave me a big hug, and he said, thank you for shooting with him, and he hopes to actually shoot with me again. Like, how cute is that? An eight-year-old cool. gave me a hug. Anyways, so uh, the other thing that I did was on Sunday, I went to the Lindhurst gun show, and we worked there for the CCFR. We were at the booth there, sold a couple of memberships, talked to a few people, shook a few hands, kissed a few babies, you know. <laughs> Necessary. <Yep. laughs> but yeah, we did actually see a lot of people that we know. A lot of listeners too came and said hello. Oh, and cool. Yeah, it was awesome. But um, yeah, CCFR is getting better known as well. And I did want to say to um, the organizer, John, thank you very much. He gave us the booth for free. So it was awesome. Cool. Yeah, and that's everything that I did with guns this week. All right, um, maybe I'll go just because my update's quick, and then Trevor can Trevor. Uh, can tell us about his stuff. Um, but uh, I made some thirty-eight special. I made it with this uh, one forty-eight uh, uh, wad cutter. So they one forty-eight or one fifty-eight. I've never heard of a one forty-eight. One forty-eight. So the one forty eights are are supposed to like go right into the case. So you can see there, um, just on the video here, that you, they're almost all the way in there. There's just a little bit poking out. So there's a semi wad cutter. A full wad cutter mm-hmm. would just be like a, a coke can, right? <laughs> just yeah, I got some of those in the stairs. They ever weird looking. Yeah, yeah. So these this is the more common uh, wad cutter that you'll get for a thirty eight special. Is the one forty eights, and they fit right into the case, and uh, they're very small and convenient like there's not a lot sticking out so you're not going to be you know handling a, a ton of lead because there's uh, not much poking out there and uh yeah cam pro actually makes a cylindrical like a, just a full cylindrical hollow base uh so you need to get some speed out of it uh, i guess to get the base to expand. expand yeah i don't know yeah so um this this you don't have to do that this has a, a, a lubrication band and a, a bit of a cone to it so uh, you don't have to do that, but it should cut some nice clean holes. 
Um, and then my buddy is going to loan me his uh, Ruger M77 uh, 44 Remeg uh, for uh, for testing. Uh, so I've got I got some stuff to reload that. I've got what do we got here? 240 green uh, bullets and uh, some little gun. So I think that'll do well. Little gun is a bit slower than a lot of the other uh, pistol powders you'll use for 44 magnums. So that should give me a little bit more velocity out of like a, a rifle barrel. Um, not that you really need it, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to reload, you might as well reload for something that's got a little bit of stank to it. Um, and I think that's it. I got a couple of checks from Savage here. They came in American, so I got American nice. dollars here. Yeah, then now my banking app wouldn't let me do it. So <laughs> so I got to actually like bring these in by hand and say like cash these things somehow. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. Trevor, what about you? Uh, busy. Of course, I missed a week, so uh, I'll you know get through it here. But uh, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Matt Lorette and I, uh, my Ipsic buddy Matt Lorette, we went coyote hunting in minus 28 degree weather. What a, well, this is so annoying. Saturday morning, it was ridiculously cold. Sunday morning, it was like three degrees. And of course, we couldn't hunt on Sunday. So we did take another drive in the woods to see what we could see. <laughs> I hope Matt's listening because all the goofy little stuff that he did, I told him I was totally going to throw him under the bus. So we, we come in the woods. We're, we're barely two clicks into the woods, and I see the back of a coyote go over the snowbank as it crosses the road. So I stopped the truck. I'm like, go, man, go. So Matt, you know, no killer instinct engaged whatsoever. He gets out of the truck, and he takes the time to stop and close the door. Like, in the, well, in the meantime, the coyote's like, trotting off for its life and matt very politely closes the door to my truck before he you know crosses the road and then he stands at the bottom of the, of the snowbank i'm like can you see on the other side matt no maybe maybe you want to climb up the snowbank then buddy <laughs> and, and, and have a look see what you can see anyway uh he had a cool savage axis 22250 with a heavy barrel there's a place in moncton actually uh, Adriel, it's where you got your 1911. It's called Dr. Dr. Deals. Deals. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, basically went through the North Silva distribution cal uh, catalog and said, I'll take one of everything. Like, they've got all kinds of stuff. And um, anyway, they have Savage Axis 308 in heavy barrel, 223 in heavy barrel, and 22250 in heavy barrel. So uh, makes for a nice gun that you can either, you know, try and develop some tight loads for it, not unlike loose loads. Um, off of the bench. Um, so yeah, I like to 22250. Like, I would buy one if the twist rate on them was a little bit better, Correct. but they're all made for like too, 45, man. 50 grain not, bullets. Not this one, so one in 12 or one in 10. So it was actually a very, um, so what how's that go again? One twist in 10 inches, so it's a slow twist rate. So typical, uh, yeah, you're right. Typical 22-250s, the twist rate is for like super light bullets that you can drive at a bazillion miles an hour at 4,000 feet or something. Um, but lately, and Savage in particular, is coming out with 22-250s with slow twist rates that allow you to drive faster. And I'm Very interesting. all about that. Yeah, because light bullets kill light animals. Heavy bullets kill everything and at distance. So if you can shoot a, f a heavy bullet faster, get after it, do that. And you'll have more rifle be more versatile than something like you said, that shoots 45 grain bullets really well. Like my Thompson center venture predator is, and if I had known this at the time, 
I wouldn't have bought it. But this is the first brand new rifle I ever bought when I was 36, December of 2010, something like that. Well, my handgun that later on that year in January. Anyway, I wanted this rifle really bad. I saw it on TV commercial. I hunted one down, drove in a snowstorm to get it, and it's a 1 in 12. So in order for me to stabilize a 55 grain bullet out of this thing i've got to drive it super fast and i've tried a lot of different powders and so far the powder that i like best with a 55 grain bullet is actually imr 4064 but that's mm-hmm. the story for the reloading podcast um what else going on okay the um beretta and the wingmaster barrel arrived so um this beretta is so incredibly comfortable it's got a whole wrapper on grip with finger serrations or finger grooves. And typically I'm not a finger groove guy. Like I don't like how the Glock finger grooves fit, but on this gun, they are incredible how well they fit. And the, this gun's got a lot of time on it, Adriel. It's in good condition. There's as in, there's no marks or dings or anything, but I'm looking at the back strap there and you can tell where the sweat from the person's hand has tainted the color. So take Um, a look at the internals though. The internals are not marked up very well. So no, I think they must have just like carried it a lot or used or maybe they had like really like acidic right, hands. The trigger group right here, the trigger guard right here, where your middle finger would go, completely tarnished from hand sweat. But you're right. Like when you take the gun apart, the gun doesn't look like it has any miles on it. Um, and guns because the Trigicon sights don't work. You, no. I went into the complete darkness and you can hardly see them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. I'm dying to shoot it. I'm sure it's going to be nice and accurate. The magazines hold 14 rounds of 9mm. No problem. Uh, haven't been able to go out with my 96 and test it, see how it feeds, but I'm um, pretty excited about that. Anyway, really happy with it. And the trigger, the trigger may have been worked on because my Breda 92 has what they call the D-spring, which is lightened the double-action trigger pull, and it's still heavier than the double-action trigger pull on this gun. Like for a duty gun, this has a great double action trigger pull. Oh, it's very smooth too, right? Very smooth. Yeah. Um, and then this, this came in and it might be going out. So this was a deal. This is a Ruger new model, super single six. I got really excited at first about this gun when I looked up the blue book value of it. The Ruger single six and super single, sorry, the super single six, depending on the age, with a four and five eighths inch barrel is an expensive gun in excellent condition. It's a thousand bucks. So this has two cylinders. It has the original box for the gun, the original box for the second cylinder. But this is a new model super single six. And so it's not worth anything, <laughs> really. But um, anyway, I was either going to try and sell it or keep it. And um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't worried too much about selling it because my buddy was going to take the price that I offered him. And he said, pay me whenever. So it was like, all right, pay Adriel, then pay this guy. And um, anyway, I taught a CRO class on the weekend, a Nipsic CRO class. And one of the students, well, both, I had two students stay at my house. And one of the students was following this one night after class and, he told me uh, maybe this morning or yesterday that if I still have it at the end of the month, he'll take it. So, well, and I'll just make sure I have it at the end of the month. So mm-hmm. I'll, sell, I'll sell that, make a couple of bucks off it for my trouble and send the rest of the money to my buddy Jeff. And then here's the deal of the century. This is a Gen 3 Glock 34, essentially unused, 500 bucks with three magazines and a holster. Oh, you win. 
Yeah, it's pretty darn good. Uh, I've been talking to Black Box Customs today in Calgary, and they're going to come on the show for an interview. And um, they are going to do the full works to this gun. So they remove the finger grooves, they undercut the trigger guard, and they do a complete custom stippling job on the frame. Gen did 3 Glock the, uh, frame. Did you get the Cerakote pink? No. Um, oh, just framework. Uh, not getting no the, the works, then. A frame. I'm getting the frameworks. It's 340 bucks for all the different things that they do to the frame. I'm not getting the works works with the uh, Ricky Martin um, level of Cerakote. No. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I already did a trigger job on it. I had some old Glock parts laying around. I put a ghost connector in it and a polished trigger bar. Now, check this out. I don't know if this is going to show up on the camera or not for you guys. Can you read the back plate? I cannot. No. No? No. This is the back plate that a listener sent. He sent one to me and he sent one to Matthew many years ago, and I couldn't use it on my Glock because sometimes I shoot my Glock in production, and it's not a a production part. It's not an OEM part, so it would bump my, my Glock out of production. So I didn't put it on my Glock, but I put it on this Glock. It's an aluminum back plate engraved with the letters... SFR, something significant. I don't remember what exactly, but a listener gave it to me, so I put it on there. So, um, SFR. Front, well, SFR, SFR radio. Oh, yeah. I heard of it. <laughs> oh, oh, Kelly, you win. You win the internet, Kelly. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. The other thing I'm going to do with this pistol so the Glock 34 is not production legal in Ipsic, but it's perfectly fine for. A three gun, so I was gonna buy Adriel's FN and drop a um, and I still might Adriel. We'll, we'll talk, don't sell that FN until I, until I talk to you. Um, RMR, and actually, you're not supposed to call them RMR unless it's a Trigicon, that's a, a patented term or something, according to Steven. But anyway, Henning makes the mount that goes in the dovetail for guns that don't have the plate, so you drift out your sight, you drift in the mount you screw your optic on it and there you go robert is your father's brother you have a rmr on the back of your um gun we did one of the shops so far we did um we actually used an egw mount and put a vortex venom on there and i was like yes so my op my rifle has an optic my shotgun's getting an optic i might as well have an optic on my pistol and go open right across the board and with that RMR optic on the back. I don't know if I can still use, well, I can use any kind of holster I want. They'll still fit in a Kydex holster or a race holster, whatever. So I need to get a belt. I've got all the mag pouches and a ghost race holster for this thing, but I don't have an actual belt. So I got to get a whole double off and get a belt for that. Like production optics? Is that is that the idea? Or is it no, three gun? I can't use it production optics since Glock 34 is not allowed. Oh, yeah. That yeah. will be my tricked out race three gun pistol. You guys got to have more three gun matches out there. You're building all this stuff. And what is there like one match a year? <laughs> Listen, are you telling me not spend money? <laughs> no, I'm telling you to, I'm telling you to, to host more three gun events. Get, get some like Fair. three gun ma- manic people out there to, to run some events for you. Cause you got too much uh, Ipsic stuff you're running anyways. And, uh, well, you know. and easy now there's no such thing as too much Ipsic, but there is a lack of three gun. You're absolutely right. Mm, so, yeah. um, Trevor. That that totally reminds me that when I was at Milcon the other weekend, I I sent you a message about it. I got to shoot a thirty four with a Venom dot. Right, man. And you said you didn't hate it. Oh, I was angry. Like I literally, I sh- I shot I shot the mag full, took the mag out, cleared the gun, gave it to the guy with a a hangdog look on my face because I was so mad because I knew that I wanted to have one. 
It like that was a that was like a fifteen hundred dollar experience for me right there. That's I'm oh. I've got much envy that you're setting that up. The reason why I'm dumping money into it, Brian, is because I only spent five hundred on. Oh, I know, yeah. I understand, but still, so, I I have yeah. wants of one. I yeah. really do. I've I'm definitely looking at getting an optically sighted pistol in the next while. Hey Trevor, well, instead should. of uh, instead of using that crappy Glock trigger, do you want uh, an Apex aluminum uh, trigger for that Glock thirty four? Yes. Yeah, just put that in the mail. We'll straighten it later. <laughs> Sorry, about price. I've got a. Um, I've got the gold. The other gun. Sorry. Listen, listen. You threw me under the bus last week, telling the world I didn't pay my bills. Don't do it again. So, um, I've got a lone. What? What's Nothing. that? Carry on. Um, Wolf trigger box coming for the Glock, but I don't have a decent trigger bar. So yeah, that'd be fantastic, uh, Adriel. Um, at work, I'm still working on a Rossi double barrel coach gun barrel or barrels because of the way the rib is set up. You can't do it on the polishing wheels because you'll round out the rib in the middle. Um, so I'm doing it all by hand. Super, super long process. You don't make money on a job like this because if you build the guy for the hours you put into it, you just wouldn't, he wouldn't pay for it. So you wouldn't get any jobs. So, you know, every, some jobs are 50 bucks and it takes you two minutes. And some jobs are, you know, $250 and it takes you two, like two or three weeks. So anyway, it's the, it's coming really, really nice and doing it all by hand with sandpaper. And I'm now down to wet sanding with uh, 600 grit. So it's going to look awesome. And also uh, that Colt, I don't know if I talked about this or not. Um, a customer brought in his father's RCMP service revolver from the 50s. It's a Colt model 1917. I wrote 19, but it's actually 17. And I broke the internet. What did I do? I'm just going to back away slowly. And uh, I killed the show notes. Anyway, what's happening is the trigger is not returning. Pull the trigger and the hammer does all the stuff, but oh. the trigger is not returning. Yeah, there's something in there. It's binding hard. Um <clears throat> I think there's some parts that are worn out and maybe out of, uh, of causing the uh, the play. So uh, now the question is, can we find parts. can we find some parts for it so that we can uh, get it repaired and up and running, or do we have to try and and somebody's been in there monkeying around because there is um, some parts have been worked on and you can see that they've been worked on. Um, corners taken off you know rounded edges and stuff like that mm -hmm. to what end i don't know but it's it's been done um and i picked up so uh the kitty cat build is well on on its way i don't know if you guys remember this or not but when i started the kitty cat build it was just supposed to be an upper right yep yeah there it is <laughs> so it's all complete it has oh a trigger group. A really short barrel on there it sure yeah. is, yeah. That's because it's not there. Did you there. cut that off with a chop saw? Oh, <laughs> if you look one in less. there, one you can see the yes, locking lugs, yeah. There you so, go. So um, the lower parts kit, Brown and Ells, was blowing out DPMS parts kits for 50 bucks. Uh, the lower was that lower that I bought from Mark, the Sonork lower. And uh, tube and stock. I got some stuff from Cody. I got some stuff from uh, the Squire. And I bought some stuff and bought some other stuff. And then I, I, I bought two of these. Have you heard of these, Brian or Adriel or even Kelly? I mean, I can't. I'm just Adriel, talking to the guys who have built ARs more. I've heard of phase five, but I can't. The bull carrier group? 
Yeah, this is a bulk carry group made by Phase 5. Okay. And I like what I read on the packaging, but anybody with a computer can say stuff on packaging. and don't mean it's necessarily true. What's but it, it is a full audio. Huh? What's it got that's fancy? Oh, the coding. Um, the Is it NIB? Phosphate, chrome line, drop-in, M16, bulk carrier group, heat-treated, hardened bolt carrier, hardened gas key, Grade 8 hardened fasteners, type 3 sealing compound, black phosphate bolt, and extra power extractor spring to ensure proper cycling. Yeah, it's probably Jim Dandy fine. Yeah. 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 It, you know, it wasn't super cheap neither. Yeah, phase 5 stuff isn't. They make the um, bad lever that is all one piece machined right into the bolt stop. Yep. So that's I, one of the I ones they do. Yeah. Yeah, I need one. Um, mm. Yeah. So this is DPMS lower parts kit in a NORC receiver with an A2 upper with that, that phase five bolt carrier group. Um, the barrel and front sights, both yours and the one I got from uh, um, Chad, are at the gunsmith. We're not going to mill the barrel for the for the pins. How come? Because there's a much easier, simpler, foolproof method of doing it. Okay. And that is to put the site upside down in your milling machine, drill and tap, put it on the barrel, lock it in place with two set screws. Boom. Okay. So you don't you don't ever have to go in. Because let's face it, if we don't get those um, slots milled in the barrel correctly, we're hooped. Yes. You're going to start welding oh, on a barrel. You just run the. Uh, oh wait, no, you're running an A2 site on there. That's yeah. right. Oh yeah, never mind. So to get the A2 onto that barrel without milling slots for the angled pins, we're going to drill and tap the A2 site um, at the bayonet lug and at the back. And there's a couple of different videos online showing how to do it. It looks super easy. And then once you have it on there, and of course you got to make sure that you get everything lined up straight with your gas tube, uh, not your gas tube, but your your hole in your barrel for your gas, and then the uh, the gas tube in the site. Get all that straight, mark it, and uh, lock it down. That's all. Ooh, that looks good, Adriel. Share what your screen. That? What do you think this good little guy here? That's Ooh. the uh, Apex Forward Set Sear Whatchamacallit doohickey there. So That's I can adjust both. Um, show here. Yeah. No, it's so not adjustable. The, the there's Apex no set screw in the back of the trigger at all. Nope. Nope. Oh. Hmm. I don't know if you need one. I was trying it. There was not a lot of uh, a lot of creep. To well, it, what so the um, what this what the set screws do in the Zev triggers? There's one for over travel and one for pre travel. But if you got the Lone Wolf um, Ultimate Trigger Box, that takes care of the over travel. It breaks and it stops. So you adjust the over travel there, and then you can take some pre travel out with the um, with the trigger shoe itself. So um, okay, what else I got here? So that's the Kitty Cat. I just need to Should get the front sight installed. Should I leave this out of this gun? Yeah, yeah, leave it out of the gun, yeah. <laughs> the OU my firstborn. Um, I went on Tactical Pay Radio. Uh, pretty cool episode. Um, he did a good job. Um, and every episode before mine and after has been better than mine. So definitely go check it out. He talks to all kinds of industry people. And uh, it's a well-polished, well-produced show. Um, now, the host did use the word clip when he meant magazine. I'm just going, I'm not judging. I'm just letting everybody know that that that's the thing that happened. So, Sounds and then I don't. 
Yeah, it's pretty judgy, but that's who I am. So Wes, <laughs> Wes was watching live earlier. I don't know if he still is or not. So Wes, I hope you are because this next part is about you and uh, the most beautiful. Well, heck, you know what? It was actually romantic. It was the most romantic, synchronized shotgun loading video I've ever seen. Wes and his buddy, it's not even that they were trying to, like, it wasn't like a race where, okay, Adriel, let's see who can quad load the fastest. You or me, ready, set the timer, beep, go. No, it's like they rehearsed this until they could get it down simultaneously. They were in they were in sync. It was like watching, what's that swimming that they do at the Olympics where they get the pool? Synchronized swimming, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It was synchronized shotgun reloading. It's not like they were fast or anything. They just made sure that they did it at the same time. And it just warmed my heart to see two men um, cooperating <laughs> like that, you know. To... Did, you see, did you see my comment on there? <laughs> no, I didn't. What I was your recommend comment? that they that they pull uh, shot shells from each other's caddies. So oh, like that would have. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Share caddies, boys. That'd be grace. Uh huh. So mm-hmm. yes. Um, and then I got a huge X metal target order come in. So we ordered um, the gun club ordered a full set of steel challenge targets so to put on all six stages you need x number of round plates two different sizes x number of 18 by 24 uh plates um i don't have the numbers memorized but it's a lot of freaking steel and um we had them custom make the hanger for the top that the plate goes on and the base so we could just use two by fours make storing everything really easy a pile of plates in one pile um, and the two by fours get shot up, whatever you replace them and just make sure you cut your two by fours so that the center of the plate is where it's supposed to be to make it official, all that good stuff. So, um, we're still not like a USPSA club or anything like that. So these are still considered outlaw steel challenge matches, but we're, uh, we're following the PSA rules. So, um, and a new uh, ammo order arrived, so I got some new am- more ammo for my uh, stock and some projectiles, a whole pile of 147 stuff. And then today at work, spent the first part of the day. It was a snow day here today, so instead of having to go to school, I went to play at the gunsmith for five, five and a half hours, and um, he got a huge order. He became um, a dealer for North Silva. North Silva is one of the largest distributors, so his... Mossberg order arrived, more Ruger products arrived, more Savage products arrived. So now all the rifles are grouped by manufacturer. Um, oh, oh, darn, Adriel. Um, they're made in Japan. It starts with an H. Hewa, Hawa. Yeah. Hawa. What do you guys know about those? They're decent. They're, uh, okay. you probably got the Hawa 1500 action, right? That's correct. Yeah. Which yeah. looks like a 700 knockoff. Got yeah, one of those. Yeah, but, you one. know, it, uh, it it probably won't rust as soon as you get it uh, wet at all. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Um, seem to be blue, not like cheaply parkerized. Um, Twenty-two, two fifty with a short, heavy barrel, and the other one was thirty out six. And then he's got their their tactical one that kind of looks like the MDT LSS chassis, and it comes seracoded in multicam. Looks pretty neat. And I'm pretty sure that takes, yep, that's the end. So everybody else is gone. <laughs> I'm slowly, uh, I'm slowly getting this other trigger ready to pop in this gun. Sure. All right. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to, I was supposed to assemble my air on the air and well, yeah. ADD. <laughs> could, not, could not wait. 
Well, I pulled a Glock trigger out, and I'm about to put another one in, so that should speak to the ease of uh, disassembling a Glock. Uh, yes, it sure does. Yeah, they're not uh, they're not too complicated. Uh, let's get into the upcoming events then. Uh, so we've got a couple of uh, events here. Uh, one of them, I just added a whole bunch of new match dates to 3gun.ca. I added, um, and this is as I've as I'm finding them or as they email me. Uh, there's a bunch of the uh, match directors now that know that I'm running that thing, so they'll email me with uh, with their match dates as they come up. Uh, I've got Valcartier on there. I've got some uh, Ontario events. I've got some more Alberta and BC ones as well, um, as well as like a map view on that uh, on that website now. So if you go onto that 3gun.ca, there's a map view, and you can see like where the events are across the country. Spoiler alert: there's a ton in Alberta. Like Alberta's got the most three-gun matches uh, across the country. Um, this next one here, uh, Slamfire Radio friend Rick Woods, uh, Fire Art Solutions Training. Uh, they are having an active killer defense course planned for April. The date is yet to be finalized. This will be in London, Ontario. Free for faculty and staff of schools. The cost is $100 for anyone else for the full day. Uh, let's get the word out and make sure that we can uh, hopefully make a small difference in the battle against evil. Uh, find out more at activekillerdefense.com. That's defense with an S. Uh, Trevor, did you want to talk about the 8th Annual Podcast Network charity shoot? All right, I will just give the broad strokes here. Um, one, there's no pre-registration required for anything except Maple Seed. Mm-hmm. We will tell you when Maple Seed registration opens. It's a three-day event. It's from the 5th of July to the 7th of July, uh, with the actual charity event being on the 7th of July. A ton of people are taking part in all three events. Um a lot of people want to hang out at the range during the pistol course. I'm sorry. The range is closed. It's not going to be just go hang out and walk around. Um, it's a closed range. It's a closed course. So just an FYI on that. Um, it's certainly not going to be, you know, well, can we go shoot in this bay while you guys teach your course over here? No, uh, it's, it's not how it works. Um, uh, what else? So the, we're starting off with the handgun class, which sold out in a couple of days. It was awesome. Uh, so that means that there's um, $1,500 immediately already, um, you know, committed to go to the charity. The charity this year is the Dalhousie Regional High School Breakfast Program, which is the high school that uh, my learning center is associated with. Day two, July 6th, will be a maple seed shoot. Pre-registration is required. We're looking at about 20 spots. Um, cost is 50 bucks for adults, $30 for LEO, 15 for youth. Registration starts at the range at an ungodly hour of 7.30 a.m. Enjoy yourselves. 300 rounds recommended for that. Day three is the charity shoot, which will have a much more, by this time we're tired, so registration is not until 9 a.m. Cost is $25. You pay for that at the door when you arrive. The first event is a mini steel challenge match with four steel challenge stages. Google USPSA steel challenge to see what we're talking about. We're going to do accelerator, pendulum, smoke and hope, and five to go because they require no movement. Um, bring a pistol, bring a 22 pistol, bring a 22 rifle. It's all good. Um, bring 100 rounds or as a minimum 100 rounds. So you better bring 200 or more to be safe. Um, there will be three divisions. 22 pistol, 22 rifle, and then handgun, 9 millimeter and above. Second event is a 22 uh, rimfire silhouette. It'll be gallery style. We'll set you up on a static firing line, and you'll shoot silhouette targets uh, shaped like little animals. 
Third event is a round of trap, and that actually happens simultaneously. You shoot your trap, then you go shoot your twenty-two, or vice versa. And then when that's done, we'll retire to the rifle range and the twenty-two range. Twenty-two range will be set up for a free-for-all pistol shoot on steel targets, and the rifle range will be set up to just you know shoot each other's rifles out to a distance of two hundred meters. Um, that ought to do it for now, Adriel. Perfect. Uh, why don't we get into the news? Uh, so there's a couple of different news items um, that are happening these days. Um, one of them, and I, um, I kind of wanted to talk about this one a little bit in terms of like broad strokes, uh, because it will impact Canada eventually here. Uh, and that's the, uh, the U.S. Will is it? talking a lot about what's that? Will it? I think so. Um, oh. oh, yeah, I think so. And I, I really wish the timing was better on this because, okay, imagine that the liberals went forward with uh, applying their uh, gun control laws that they were going to uh, put in uh, before all this start, stuff started happening recently here. I don't think anything really would have happened. Uh, but now with um, uh, Trump really messing some things up for the for the U.S., um, calling for assault weapons to be added to a background check bill, calling for the, the age of uh, uh, purchasing hey. firearms to be bumped up to 21 um, and calling for what's the third one? I know there's a third one. Background check, age twenty one, and 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 bonfire stocks. stocks. Bonfire stocks. Uh, calling for all this stuff, um, and the <laughs> calling for like taking all the guns first and, and due process later um, may embolden the uh, the Canadian um, uh, legislators to go a little bit further. Um, I mean, just coincidentally here, Norway Norway just announced that they're banning all semi autos by twenty twenty one. So seems like more countries are looking at banning more firearms so i hope this uh i hope this doesn't do anything for canada i mean the the uh, liberal gun platform legislation is is supposed to be just a few weeks away here um but it's like just some real minor tweaks to what we already have as far as i know yay um is trump doing these things through executive order what uh so he's congress yeah technically nothing's happened He's doing it through Congress, so probably. Oh, did Trevor just glitch I out? I think we, I think we lost him. Okay, um, yeah. So uh, maybe if I can just jump in for him there. Um, yeah, I mean, if he's trying to do this through Congress, and that might <laughs> that might not fly, <laughs> might not actually go anywhere. Uh, so that's that's a good possibility. This could be like they're trying to look like they're uh, providing bi- bipartisan support, um, but in actuality, they know that the reality of the situation is it'll go nowhere. Um, but uh, I think it's important to bring up because it may end up impacting Canadians as well. Yeah. It's possible. It's hard to say. Possible. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's this knife petition. Uh, so <laughs> our, uh, basically all of our folding knives are, are now prohibited by the CBSA for import. So anything that can be opened with its own um, for centrifugal force like that, can't bring it into, into the country. And that's pretty much everything, right? From... Buck do you want to whatever. Sh- do you want to show Any, anything that's got a, a thumb stud or something like that? Right. Anything designed to be opened with one hand, apparently, is now banned for import from CBSA. Yeah, that's correct. So um, that, that's like that's a, that's a ton of knives. So um, this petition is to uh, revisit that and uh, you know stop the nonsense because there's lots of these out there and it just seems silly to uh, to ban those. Yep, I agree. All right, so I'll, I'll post the uh, link to that in the show notes so everyone can go over and sign that and show our displeasure. Uh, MEC, so Mountaining Equipment uh, Co-op, is uh, th- this just got announced today. 
Um, they are not going to be carrying Vista Outdoors products anymore uh, because Vista Outdoors uh, supports the NRA. So Vista Outdoors is like a, a large holding brand. They have like lots of brands underneath. Uh, they do Savage Rifles. They do, um, I believe it's Federal Ammunition, um, as well as like Bushnell and uh, Camelback and a whole bunch of other stuff. And uh, Mech just announced that they will not be carrying their products yeah. anymore. So they're going to sell out what they have and uh, not carry them anymore. Well, and Yeah, and that's assuming that people who were so upset about them dealing with Vista products are now going to then buy those Vista products. No, because they're overpriced and... No, sorry, not the Vista products. Mex. Yeah. Uh. Mex sells products, and the products are usually about twenty percent over the price yeah. that they are at other stores. So I don't, I don't shop there a lot. I know, I know a lot of people do really like Mech. Yeah, um, I like that. And, and I like the you know, wish this hadn't happened, but uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a different kind of activism. I mean, um, when you look back at uh, at the older boycotts that people used to do, it used to be consumer based. So you would get together and say like, we're not going to buy from this place. And I think the the newer uh, strategy that people have been uh, using to good effect uh, these days is to put pressure on the uh, brand itself and say, why are you guys supporting this? And then trying to, uh, to turf it at the brand level. And, uh, and that's been working because uh, these guys are a bunch of babies and they just like, they just bend over anytime anyone makes a little bit of noise. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious if um, they're going to, we're going to see the similar backlash at other outdoors retailers. Mm-hmm. Like dicks. Well, no. Okay, let's let's keep it in Canada. We have sale. Okay. They sell a bunch of yeah. outdoor stuff. I'm guessing they probably have Vista manufacture stuff made by Vista companies. Mm-hmm. It's pretty ubiquitous. I mean, Camelback. That's suddenly verboten because it Vista also owns firearms companies. It's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, but maybe. Maybe that's what they'll pressure next. Mac is a, is a yeah, bit of a special case because it's a, it is a co-op, right? So right. the members the technically members own it. Own it. Yeah. So that's the, they didn't ask the members about this. They they like caved on this. Yeah. Thing oh, without a, a members uh, survey or anything like that. Like the the truth. Oh. <laughs> Am I still here? Am I here? Yeah. This, like, yeah. Is a ref- reflect. Of uh, question here, am I here in the universe? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> you were talking anyway. about the fact is a co-op. They didn't ask the members. Oh yeah, they didn't ask their members. They they just assumed that they were doing what was right for the members, and uh, um, you know, and and they they decided to make a unilateral decision. Oh, there's a lot of people uh, signing a petition. Are those people your members or are those just randoms who want to, or who are activists who want to uh, apply pressure to you? Right. I would have rather they say, Oh, you know what? We're hearing a lot about this. We're going to survey our members and say like, Hey guys, are you guys okay with us carrying uh, Bushnell binoculars and uh, camelback and that kind of stuff? Even though the holding company of this company also works with the NRA in the States. Is that cool with you guys? Because people might've said, I don't care. I love Camelback, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to stop shopping at uh, Running Room too because of the fact they carry Camelbacks. Just going to stop. <laughs> Just no, no, wait. No, Kelly, you're pro gun. You're allowed to like oh, okay. um, Camelbacks. Sorry. It's okay for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, for it's, other people, it's not. It's, it's allowed it within your religion to support that. So, <laughs> anyway, in your tribe. Tribe. Yeah. Tri- yeah. Sure. Whatever. 
tribalism and whatnot. Right? Yep. Oh, I made a mistake. So um, Tony Bernardo had an interview on CBC. Yeah. Did you guys, did you guys watch it? No. That's pretty good. It's the first I heard. I it, didn't so. see it. No. Oh yeah. It was, uh, um, you know, they're trying to do a lot of gotchas like, like you always do with, with this kind of thing. Right. And uh, I think he handled it pretty good. 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 He's a good speaker. He just puts me to sleep. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I think, you know, the, the, he was super reasonable. So he wasn't coming across uh, vitriolic or anything like that. He was very reasonable. Um, and he did uh, an excellent interview. Um, and actually something that I just saw on Facebook here, I believe Rod uh, from CCFR is going to do an interview on CTV at six, 6 PM today. So that's, that's going to get out there as well. So um, definitely take a look at that. Yeah. Um, share it around too. Yeah. If there's a, yeah, if there's a link, please share it. Um, yeah. It's, I, there, so I recently shared the AR 15 video that he did as well. It's a really good video. So if you, if you have the chance to look at it, share it, maybe we can educate some too, but mm-hmm. is that a new Yeah. One? And I, I shared that uh, as well, Kelly, from your, from your share. I shared your share. Share my share. Is that a new oh, video or is that, is that one of the no, older that, now? It's one of the explainers, but uh, yeah. yeah, those are good though. Yeah, no, it yeah. gives people some knowledge, right? Yeah, I um, I recently have added a bunch of people um, on my Facebook, my personal Facebook, that are not necessarily pro gun people. So, I I posted a few of those things just to try and reach out to not the converted. Cool. See where things go. Uh, lots lots of people are um are are at least neutral. There's some people who are anti. Um, mm-hmm. but I was talking to um, a friend of mine on the weekend. I'm like, you know, I I it's getting into shooting season. She's like, wow, you shoot. Yeah. Can you take me to the range? Yeah. With a real gun. <laughs> Something sure. awesome. Uh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. No problem. So we'll make that happen. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, the story. Okay. So there was a, <laughs> a, a again, another one, another one here. Um, someone, uh, uh, shot a burglar just South of Calgary. Um, they were charged with, uh, aggravated assault and pointing a firearm and careless use of a firearm. So uh, someone was trying to uh, steal some stuff off of their farm. And this is, this is starting to happen a lot in rural areas in Alberta and Saskatchewan. There's uh, um, and I mean, if you, if you read the article, you see why uh, the guy is a meth head. He's uh, yeah. uh, he's got methamphetamines on him and he's for stuff to steal, to turn into more, <laughs> more meth. And uh, you know, we're surprised that these guys are, are out in rural areas trying to steal stuff, you know? Well, it, it it's actually a, a pretty safe environment. Oh, I'm 30, 40 minutes from the nearest police station. I'm going to go break into this firm and I've got lots of time to get away. Yep. So yeah. That's exactly yeah, it's just, it it's just kind of smart. Um, yeah. From the perspective. Um, speaking of um, farmers getting charged, uh, the farmer who was involved in the Boshi case, I've, Stanley. Stanley. I, I yep. understand. I saw something somewhere where he has now been charged with some unsafe storage. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Deals. Yeah. yeah. We talked about that last week. Oh, uh, okay. was, maybe that's uh, right. Yeah. He was charged uh, with uh, unsafe storage, um, which <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't just leave a handgun in, in an outbuilding and, and just yeah. like leave it hanging out out there. Right. So, um, you know, that'll probably go through, but mm. you know, and then, and then he'll be left defenseless <laughs> against all these people who wow, are really yeah. pissed off at him. So well, you know. there's that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, we got some new gun stuff here. Um, have you guys seen any of these three? Do you guys want to take any of these three? Do you want me to just like introduce them and we'll keep going? 
Um, you, you take, I'll take the, uh, the eye bleedy one. You're making my Kay. eyes bleed. That was, that was my commentary. Maybe you guys think otherwise. Um, no, no, I'm down with it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you, you take that one. I'll take the, uh, M17 and three white. So the M17 is the, uh, AR, uh, uh, AR 17. It's their okay. bullpup AR 15. It's, it's kind of an interesting, uh, rifle, somewhat similar to the, uh, AR 180 with the dual recoil springs and that kind of thing. Um, it's coming in 308. It's kind of neat. Uh, it'll be like mid priced for a semi auto 308 in Canada, which is right around the $2,500 mark. And uh, they're supposed to be pretty accurate and they run like a pretty decent trigger on them as well. So a little bit of competition for the Tavor 7. <laughs> yeah. Brian, do you want to do the eyes bleeding one? Yes. Um, so uh, this is a, a link to a thread on Gun Nuts. New for 2018, the Vism Air slash m4 blaster kit okay so if people aren't familiar with vism um they make nickstar look like high quality stuff from my experience anyway it they are a very budget parts manufacturer this stock and uh hand grip uh, i'm confused by um so we have a stock that is integral with the pistol grip I'm, so I'm assuming you can't adjust the length of the stock. I'm going uh, to yeah. share my screen here, Brian, just so yeah, people, would be can, cool. people oh, yeah. can see what's going on. Awesome. Um, yeah. So it's, and there's a lot of, there's, there's several manufacturers in the States that do this to get around some of their assault weapon ban laws nonsense. Cause it's not truly a pistol grip, whatever. But then there's a, a handguard, which I I'm guessing is maybe free floating. It's sort of key modish in a few spots. But then there's. I a, think you're a, missing the point. It's just supposed to look cool. It's supposed to look like a movie no. rifle. It's, it's supposed to be like movie. Storm, Star, Star Galactica. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. It's just supposed to look weird and cool. Okay, think, I'm missing think, the point. You're right. I, this I is think not, that's what all they're going for. Oh, anyway, it's not very. If you're into space ag looking things, okay, cool. I whatever. I, I think I, that's all they're doing. I think <laughs> uh, there's, there's actually key mod on top of the carry handle. Are there like optic mounts that are key mod? I guess there must be. Uh, I don't see like the for, point. Like That's for so dots weird. or something. Yeah, no, I don't. And it's key mod, like not even M lock. It's key, like key, mm-hmm. the, the key mod ship has sailed. That has yep. the beta version of firearms attachment stuff. So yeah, whatever, yep. but it's 250 bucks. Um, yeah, Reasonable. whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, sure. Depending. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Kelly, did you want to talk about to uh, uh, about this uh, revolver four ten? Sure. So it's coming in. NAS is bringing in the Connect Evolve four ten gauge revolver shotgun. It's non restricted. It's pre orders only. Deposits only right now. So it's one hundred and fifty dollars, and it is exactly that. It's a revolver uh, four ten gauge shotgun. So it has a walnut finish, and it's blue steel. Um, it's unique. Uh, yeah, it's unique. <laughs> it's got it three chokes like as well. Um, <laughs> and right now they're only taking deposits. So, and the the full price will be six fifty, unless you wait until after April first, oh. then it's seven fifty, right? Right. <laughs> Shipping the April first, Brian. Yeah, uh, I think I think this thing is an April first joke. I don't. You think? No. Just because you're unique doesn't mean you're useful. <laughs> we are all living proof of that. That's some really nice looking walnut on the back. <laughs> this like some of this, this doesn't some of the Turkish stuff is. 
Yeah. This doesn't look like it's like poorly built. It's just it's, unique. <laughs> I don't hate it as much as I think I should. Somebody's got to buy one. There once, hmm. Wasn't there one similar to this before that was considered restricted? The Taurus Judge, I yes. believe, right? No, no. It was, it was like there a rifle. No, there was a Taurus shotgun revolver thing. No, you're right, Trevor. There was something. And they determined it to be restricted because a revolver is a revolver is always a handgun. That was right. the that was the RCMP lab justification. And yet we've got the Buckmark pistol rifle, completely non-restricted. Well, because there's lots of semi-automatic rifles around. Yeah, but it's completely pistol. I mean, it's a pistol with a barrel and a shoulder thing that Don't goes up in the back. Tell them they're wrong. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't tell them about the shoulder thing that goes up in the back. Oh. My bad. <laughs> Oof, close one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we move on to the main topic? Joining us this evening, we have Ryan Stacy with International Barrels Incorporated. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Not so bad, guys. What's happening with you? Not too much. Oh. Put now, put Brian. You know what's? Like. Yeah, it's, it's rough, man. I hate. I Selling have to do gun parts it twenty-four-seven. Like it's hard to deal with me. So, Ryan, um, just a quick intro for you and and a bit of your um, resume, so to speak. If I'm missing anything, uh, let us know. So, you are a former Canadian Forces, uh, former uh, entertainment industry armorer type guy, um, competitive shooter since you were knee high to a grasshopper ish. Yeah, I, I wasn't really competitive when I was younger. <clears throat> I didn't start shooting competitively until I was in the army. Believe it or not. So yeah, so you've so you've been close enough, like thirty years, forty years, like because you're an old guy. Right? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> get around it. Yeah, it's been a few. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ryan, you're currently the four con- four years consecutive as the National Service Conditions Service Rifle Champion. Is that correct? That is correct. Soon to yeah. be five. See what's that, <laughs> boy? Good to be part of it. That's that's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and one one of the awards you won. Um, when you were shooting with the Canadian forces uh, was a plate. I seem to remember a picture of a plate. Um, It's a kind of a famous plate. Lots of people have seen it. If they're fans of tennis, I think, or at least the, the twin of that plate. Is that correct? Yeah. There's kind of a long story behind it, but uh, it's the same plate that uh, the women's Wimbledon tennis winner wins. So it's funny. The, the year I won it, uh, Venus Williams just happened to win it while I was in Bisley. And so there she is on the TV holding up the plate. And there I am with the plate sitting in front of me <laughs> Yeah, for a while. So, yeah, yeah, you, it was cool. You had a rifle in your arms too at the time. So I did. Yeah, I was you, cradling you it. win at that point. She had a tennis racket maybe. So, yeah. yeah, she's bigger though. She's scary. Gun yeah, or no gun. Yeah, well, she's, but she's, she's a champion for sure. Yep. All right. Her cool. guns are. So, yeah, <laughs> no. Um, so Ryan, you're now with International Barrels Incorporated. Um, That's right. So tell us a little bit about what, like what is IBI. IBI is a brand new barrel company that uh, sprung up uh, at the end of last summer. <clears throat> it's a uh, it's a company that uh, does both button rifling and eventually we're going to get to cold hammer forging. If I have my say, we will also be cut rifling at some point as well. Um, 
But we're in the process of ironing out the uh, button rifling system right now, and it's fairly complicated, a lot more complicated than I ever thought, and probably more complicated than uh, the powers that be thought as well. Uh, but uh, we're making tons and tons of progress. We've got lots of good barrels that shoot really, really well, uh, including AR-15 barrels. Yes. And, uh, yep. <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're in production. We make about uh, 15 barrels a day, but they are very high-end barrels. Uh, they are not uh, low-budget, um, you know, super cheap barrels. They're, they're good quality barrels that are going to, shoot really really well for you so that's what we want to be known as we want to be uh, competing with the big boys in the barrel department and uh, that's our plan and that's where we're heading okay so you guys are based in uh, vancouver right yeah we're just outside of vancouver and chilliwack okay cool 40 clicks so away. so when people are buying barrels from you guys they can buy them in canadian coin there's no big, big exchange and all that importing nonsense right that's right. So you're going to cut off some of the stuff that uh, you have to pay for when you're getting barrels out of the U.S. So um, any kind of tariffs, um, any kind of ITAR stuff, import fees, all that stuff uh, doesn't apply to our barrels. And also, if you're in Canada, it's in Canadian dollars. So it makes it nice. Good. Ryan, yeah. are you guys doing factory tours? Well, for certain people, it will. Okay. But, uh, you know, generally. I know though. I know a guy that's going to be in Vancouver for most of July. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. If it's somebody cool, let me know. Oh, uh, all right. No, it's one of us. So no. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you guys would be all right. Sure. Um, I tell you what, if, if you're going to take Trevor on a tour, make sure you pat him down before he leaves. Cause (laughs) I can see him stuffing a barrel down his pants and walking (laughs) out. All of a sudden you're walking funny, Trevor. What's going on there? I'm really excited about this place. Yeah. 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 Super happy to see you. (laughs) No, you can come by, have a boo. I'll, uh, I'll walk you through it. Uh, there's also a video on the internet that, uh, uh, Ryan James did. He's one of the, uh, ex Funker tactical guys. And I walked him through the, factory <clears throat> that was a, quite a while ago so things have changed a fair bit since then but uh that video basically we uh went right through all the steps of making a barrel and then we chambered one on his remington 700 and we took it to the range and he shot it within like two hours of having it on the gun and it was uh he was doing sub moa 10 shot groups uh with factory gold medal match uh, with no break in no nothing so that was pretty Pretty cool. And that video's got like 275,000 hits. Nice. Pretty, pretty awesome. What's, um, what are you guys pumping out for AR barrels as far as calibers and lengths? Well, at the moment, uh, the only AR barrel that we have that's viable is uh, 223. Uh, so we have four different lengths. We have a 20, the 19, which is uh, modeled after the one that I've won four national championships with, uh, of 16 which we still haven't finished the profile on and a 14, uh, which we finished the profile on, but, uh, it's not in production yet. So what are the profiles? Uh, they're IBI specific. So if you want to know exactly what they are, you kind of got to go to the website and have a look. The, uh, the 19 is, <clears throat> it starts at about, uh, nine, six, five, and then it drops down to about 0.75 and then it's a nine, three, six gas block. And then it's 0.75 to the muzzle again. Uh, for 19 so it's a little bit different it's got a big chunk of metal in the middle uh, where the gas block sits uh, but i th- personally think that that actually makes the uh the barrel a little bit more accurate 
<clears throat> because I've shot one that's the same profile, but with a 7.5 gas block in the middle, all from the same manufacturers. This was before I started at IBI. And I'll tell you, the 0.75 one just didn't shoot quite as good as the 9.36 gas block. So I have a feeling there may be a, a bit of a vibration dampening effect, possibly, uh, when the vibration comes down the barrel. It's that big chunk of steel where the gas block is, and it may muffle the harmonics out a little bit and make it shoot a little better. All the test barrels that I shot with the 9.36 gas block all shot really, really well as well. So Nice. We'll see. Yeah. So. So the thickness in different areas of the barrel I'm gathering then affect the harmonics. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everything affects harmonics, even the length of the barrel and the ammunition you're using. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Now, now, Ryan, uh, the, the background <clears throat> on that particularly unique profile, do you want to go into that for the listeners? Sure, I can, yeah. So <clears throat> in 2013, I got a brand new barrel, and uh, uh, I wanted to, sh to win the uh, DCRA national service conditions championships and so i figured oh yeah i'll throw this uh this ex super expensive barrel on and uh, i'll go shoot but i'm going to do a little bit of experimenting i'm going to uh get a 24 inch barrel i'm going to throw a 24 inch barrel on and it's going to be almost one inch under the handguards so i get to ottawa and i had nothing but problems uh the barrel was way too heavy uh, i lost shots on a lot of different things especially in positions because i had problems maintaining balance <clears throat> and I didn't win. So I went back and talked to uh, a buddy of mine who's a gunsmith. And I said, hey, I want to trim this sucker down. And so we came up with the idea of trimming it down to about 19 inches. And basically the profile under the handguard was really just us saying, well, let's trim it down to three quarters because that's pretty standard. So we did that. And then we left that big fat 936 gas block. And then the rest of it uh, to the muzzle was uh, 0.75 again. So... Uh, that's how it came up, and I took it to Ottawa the next year, and I won, and I set the record, and uh, uh, I've won the next three years in a row. Oh. Yeah, next three years in a row, all together with the same profile. So, so if I um, buy that barrel, uh, yep. will I win three years in a row? Yes. Okay. Guaranteed. As long as I'm not there, you will win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. So that's the story on how that one came about. All right, cool. Pretty exciting, um, I know. Now, um what what are, okay, outside of your AR fifteen barrels, yep. what are you guys <clears throat> offering right now in, in bore diameters and chamberings? Okay, so viable calibers that we have right now is uh two two three, thirty cal, three three eight, and anything six point five. So in 223, I have viable uh, 1 in 7s and 1 in 8s that shoot really, really well. Uh, I have uh, 30 cals in 1 in 10 and 1 in 11 and a quarter. So if you're 175 Match King specific, the, uh, well, quite honestly, both of them shoot really, really well. So it's up to you. Um, and 338 have 9s and 10s. And in 6.5, I have eights right now, which seems to be kind of the hot ticket. Everybody wants to shoot like the 140s and up uh, in their Creedmoor and their 260. So uh, we went with eight. I will probably uh, end up with a seven or a seven and a half at some point because that new Match King, I saw it at SHOT Show and it is a pretty bullet. So I'm thinking uh, some of the guys that are shooting the bigger six and a halfs like the Swede and maybe the 260 AI uh, may want to go to that little bit bigger bullet, which is... Uh, 
155 or 153. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It's brand new. I don't even think we have it in Canada yet. But uh, it requires between a one and seven and a one and seven and a half to spin it properly. So we'll we'll get there eventually. Uh, so those are the th- the four bore diameters that I have. Um, of course, you can. That's not necessarily caliber specific. So anything thirty cal works good. I've shot uh, uh, three hundred Win Mag with one ninety five uh, Sierra TMKs, and it was awesome. Um, I've shot. Uh, well, I haven't shot yet, but I've got a Valkyrie reamer on the way. So I'm going to be playing mm. with the uh, the Valkyrie, which uh, will probably need the one and seven to spin it properly, but we'll see. I have a six point five Grendel reamer on the way, so there's going to be lots of fun stuff coming down the pipe. As far as calibers Ryan, go, yeah. yeah. Did, have you done any testing uh, R and D with the? No, not yet, because yeah. I don't have a reamer to cut any chambers with it. Right. So, yep. But I we have like the it, button size but... and dimensions and all that stuff, so we'll see how she goes. I like it, but. I hear that to as the cartridge is full potential, you need to have a 24 inch barrel. Yeah, it wouldn't and surprise me. I don't want, I want a 24 inch air. It's big. It is, yeah. But where I think you might see it take off a bit, and I've already had a couple of uh, people sort of probing the waters a little bit, is in the uh, PRS gas gun uh, competitions down in the, the U S where they don't have yeah. a problem running a 24 inch AR. They're not, you know, they're shooting off of boxes and, uh, yeah. you know, different prone and all kinds of different stuff. So it doesn't really matter too much for them. So that's probably where you'll see it take off. I'm, I've heard some people talking about it even for bolt guns because they, they like the ballistics of that uh, 90 grain, of uh, two, two, three projectile. So yep. it, you, you, you're going to see and 24 inch in a bolt gun is going to be, fine especially if you're off a bipod or bag or something like that doesn't, yeah doesn't matter. i think in a bolt gun it's going to make a lot of sense for a lot of people um, mm-hmm. yeah shooting those 90 grainers you're getting a lot more speed than you can get with a 90 grainer and a 223 so mm-hmm. i saw an interesting test on youtube today and it was a guy shooting a valkyrie against a creedmoor and a 223 and he just shot all the way back to 400 yards and shot it on the same paper and then just sort of measured uh, the amount of drop. And the Valkyrie had a lot less drop, actually, even than the Creedmoor. So I was a little surprised. Wow, that's just screaming. So, yeah, you're going to. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to get there pretty quick. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. And I mean, you know, in the PRS uh, world, uh, having a lot less wind drift is going to be kind of an important thing as well. Yep. So if you can get less wind drift than either of those two other uh, projectiles, then, you know, that's probably something to look at wonder how long it'll be in ottawa somebody will bring one i'm sure oh yeah no they'll be they'll be i can think of i i know who i think would have it too but anyway yep i can i can take a guess and i'd probably be right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it'll be yeah. good yeah no it's another, it's another one to spank yep um all right cool so ibi started last summer ish um so like roughly how many barrels have you guys managed to produce and get out in the, in the hands of consumers so far? Um, in consumers, uh, like <clears throat> website sales, I say we're, I mean, really the website has only been sort of up for a couple of months and I think we're probably at around 40 barrels, something okay. like that. Uh, but we're also doing some projects for some big gun makers making high end precision rifle barrels for their factory stuff. Oh, and nice. with those guys, probably sitting at around 350 to 400 barrels, somewhere around there uh, in the last couple of months since January. Okay. Yeah. That's good. 
that's decent. Yep, decent, yep. Uh, like I said, we're not trying to pump out a bazillion barrels. We're just trying to make a few that are really, really good. So, awesome. Um, okay, while while we're talking about that, uh, without getting into anything proprietary, can you kind of mm-hmm. go through the process? I sure can. In a general sense. Yep. I mean, uh, <clears throat> it's not uh, it's not a secret or anything. There are certain things that people will not tell you, no matter uh, how much you probe them. Uh, but uh, the majority of it is pretty uh, pretty basic. So we get our uh, our steel from generally European mills. Uh, their consistency seems to be better. We started out with some French steel, and uh, since then we've gone on to some German steel. Uh, the most recent lot was German, which is really, really good. It's probably consistency a, is excellent. A render joke in there somewhere. The French? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Never know. <laughs> cool. But uh, so we start with different uh, outside diameters, obviously, depending on the type of barrel that we're attempting to make. Uh, so uh, once we get that, we figure out uh, how long the barrel that we're going to make is going to be in. We cut the steel. Then the steel gets faced off. <clears throat> so when you cut it with a saw, it's pretty rough on the edges. So we face it off, make sure it's square, flat, and uh, all the sharp edges and stuff are taken off. Once that happens, uh, the barrel gets uh, put on the gun drill, and the gun drill uh, drills the holes through it. It it drills about an inch a minute. So if you're doing a 27-inch barrel, it's nearly half an hour to get through it. <clears throat> so the it's a two-spindle drill. Uh, so we can drill two at the time, so it kind of cuts the uh, time down a little bit as well. Uh, and the drill will drill just a little bit smaller than the final bore diameter that you're looking for. So once we get it off the drill, then it goes onto the reamer and the reamer pulls through it, uh, to make it the exact size. And the reamer takes out a lot of the tooling marks that, uh, the drill leaves on the inside. So if you look with a bore scope in a factory barrel, <clears throat> you're probably going to see a lot of little, uh, marks that are, um, perpendicular to the direction of the bore. And those are those can be drill marks or reamer marks, really. Some companies will do those and some companies don't. I've seen some, uh, actually, surprisingly, some barrels that shot fairly well that still had a lot of tooling marks on the inside. But that's not something that we want to do. So um, we have other processes in place that take care of all the tooling marks because you can get a bore scope at Cabela's for 100 bucks now. So everybody wants to look inside the bore and see a nice shiny barrel in there. So we want to get rid of all the tooling marks. So once the reamer's gone through it, then uh, we have to lubricate the barrel for the buttoning process. That is a secret, basically, kind of. The actual material, what it is and uh, and how it works. But basically, uh, it's a soapy type product and it gets put in the barrel and you let it dry. You you can't pull it through. You can't pull a button through it when it's wet or you'll get the button stuck. And uh, once it's dried out, and we run the button through the button uh, process. There's nothing special about that other than we're rotating the barrel at the same time uh, as the button's being pulled through. <clears throat> and that changes depending on the twist rate. Uh, oh, I skipped a step. So uh, after you come off the uh, reamer, what we're doing right now is we're pre-lapping. So we'll lap the barrel, <clears throat> hand lap the barrel. Our guys will hand lap it. And they will basically smooth out the bore dimensions and make sure that it's uh, 100% uh, true from end to end uh, through the hand lapping process. And we take some measurements and whatnot and make sure it's good. Then it goes on the buttoner. Okay, then the button gets pulled through. And then uh, after that, after the button's pulled through, then it goes into the stress relieving oven. Then it gets cooked for a while. And that relaxes the steel and, and lets everything chill out. And then the profiling and whatnot takes place 
uh, after that. And then it gets another lapping uh, at the end, a finish lap, <clears throat> which is uh, more cosmetic really than anything. And then uh, that's pretty much all she wrote. Um, we do actually, uh, after SHOT Show there, we ordered a hone. And a hone is a big, super expensive piece of equipment that uh, all the companies like Bartline and Krieger and Benchmark all have. And it takes away the, uh, the pre-lapping process. So <clears throat> you put the, uh, the, the drilled and reamed barrel into the hone, and it will take your, dimension, your bore dimensions down to the, well, they say they can go down to 100 thou if you want to, but down to a 10,000th of an inch. Uh, no problem, which is probably more than what we need for that kind of thing. And it does it in less than half the time that it takes somebody to actually hand lap. It. So it's going to cut down on times, but you're also going to get better to more, uh, better bore dimensions in the end. So that's a huge thing. That one should be coming uh, within the next month. <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, I mean, if the, if the barrel is going to be chambered and whatnot, then we'll, uh, we'll do our chambering and, and fit it up and thread it and all that good stuff. And, Go from there. So that's precision barrel. Well, the steps are really the same with an AR and everything else, too. Hey, uh, <laughs> Brian, you need to mute. Uh, there I go. There you go. go. <laughs> Why is Ryan ignoring me again? He only does that at the Nationals. <laughs> Jeez. That's me. I am not going to let you rain in my parade, Trevor. I just don't care. It's not going to Just carry on, buddy. He does. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So obviously you're, you're going to take the same level of care with uh, an air barrel as a, as yeah, a of course it's, they're equally as important. So, yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, you betcha. So, so you'll get the same sort of care uh, with an air barrel or any of the barrels that we sell. Um, and that's, <clears throat> that's kind of the difference that I'm sort of trying to get across to people is that I actually care about how these barrels shoot uh, because I'm a shooter myself. And not only that, but my name's on some of them. So these barrels have to be able to keep up. And they, that's part of, also part of the reason why we haven't released a whole pile of stuff already is because I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with the testing. So once uh, something finally gets to market or gets put on the website or whatnot, then you know that it's going to be good to go when you get it. That's not going to be a work in progress. Yep. Yeah, and I I could vote for that. Ryan and I kind of message back and forth a fair bit, and he 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 kind of tells me about his quote unquote not good enough. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, gee, man, that, that ain't bad. You know, there's lots of barrel, yeah. lots of people would be happy to buy that, but you know, I, I get it. Yeah, there were there were a couple where I was like, wow, that's pretty good for that. But if it was, if, you know, if it was what I wanted it to be, then it would be a lot better. So yeah, just keep yeah. pushing and and get it to the place where it needs to be and then we can release it then it's a little bit slower process but i think in the end it's it's worth it cool um now what about uh, another question comes to mind just because we have kelly on i always have to think about rimfire with kelly you guys yep. thinking about doing rimfire anytime yeah heck yeah yeah totally we're totally thinking about rimfire actually on the way here uh i had a guy uh phone me and asked me about a 22 barrel and <clears throat> we're we're a ways away from that we're, we'll get to it for sure, but we're a ways away from it. Um, my next uh, two calibers or bore dimensions are both going to be six millimeter and seven millimeter. So that's probably going to take till midsummer to get uh, dimensions ironed out and figure out, uh, you know, the right uh, buttons to have. Because like I said, it's kind of a complicated process. As you pull the button through the steel, the steel actually gets out of the way 
of the button and then it collapses behind the button. So if your button size isn't the right dimensions, when the steel collapses behind the button, it leaves you bore dimensions that aren't what you want. So you change the, the button dimensions by a few tenths of a thou and it changes the bore dimension. So there's a little bit of hit and miss trying to figure it out. And the unfortunate part is that changes on lots of steel and it changes from stainless to 4140. So right. it's fairly complicated. So the, uh, uh, the sh- go ahead. Sorry, I'm going to be looking at 300 blackout. Oh yeah, I mean we can we can do 300 blackout already uh, because oh, okay. we have uh, uh, the proper bore dimensions for 30 cal. I don't have any twist rates lower than one in ten. So if you want to shoot 208s or whatever the case may be, uh, subsonic, you can try it with the uh, the ten. I haven't yeah. uh, got a reamer, so I haven't been able to test it, but I would imagine it would shoot pretty good. It's, I don't want 300 blackout. I want 7.62 by 40 WT. But uh, first thing would be the button, and then would be the reamer. Yep. Is that it shoots a 30 cal bullet? It does, yeah. It's it's a 300 blackout uh, for men. So it's the same. It's it's like going from a 38 special to a 357 magnum or a okay. 9mm to a 9 by 23 Yeah. Uh, it's just the case is longer. You take 5 mil off the top of a full-length 223 case, neck it down to a 30 cal, and you're done. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, what bullets are they shooting with that? Uh, I don't recall. I'd have to go look at the data. It's similar weights to 300 blackout, but it is. So it's meant to be suppressed kind of idea. Um, no, well, it's, it's yeah. more powerful than, than 300 blackout. And it's meant for shooting hogs. Um, cool. I haven't seen anybody suppress one yet. Um, I'll, I'll give me a second there. You carry yeah, on. Right, the, what would be the point of trying to suppress something by making it faster than the suppressed 300 blackout? Right. Like, yeah. You can't yeah, really it doesn't do that. Make so. sense really. Honestly, I'm pretty sure Trevor's the only person who's ever heard of this cartridge. Yeah, I haven't heard of it, but that's cool. That's I'll have to look into it and see what the so, deal is. It's an amazing cartridge. It's you have to, you might have to look inside Trevor's head because that might be the only place it exists. <laughs> Maybe just made it up. No, man, it's a thing. Wilson <laughs> Combat. Look. <laughs> well, in the, in the testing YouTube. of our, our 30 cal uh, uh when I was testing for 308, the 30 cal blanks, I shot everything from 155s all the way up to 208 Amax out of the 10 twist, and they all shot really, really well. So it might change a little bit for blackout. I know some uh, agencies are going with as far down as a 1 and 7 twist for the subsonic stuff that they're going to suppress. They're, they're saying here, Ryan, um, 110 to 150 grain. 110 to 150. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and, and a faster twist makes sense. Um, because you're not going to get the muzzle velocity if you're shooting yeah. subsonic, so you you, yep. you need a faster twist to get the spin. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, uh, to stabilize it yeah. a bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're totally. going to do 150, they're saying you you're going to uh, you're going to want a one and eight. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Awesome. Um. So, what about uh, any ideas on maybe handgun barrels someday? Yeah, I mean, we have some tooling for that already. We already have tooling for nine forty and forty five. Um, but we just are so backed up trying to get all the rifle calibers sorted out that the handgun stuff is kind of an afterthought, but there's no reason why we can't. Um, the only part that would be a little bit on the difficult side is sourcing steel. Uh, that is going to be the right outside diameter to make, uh, the proper, the proper stuff with, Mm -hmm. I would imagine that you would probably have to, uh, go a little bit thicker and then just trim it down and all that lathe time and CNC time just adds cost 
to the to the barrels but yeah it's worth uh it's worth looking into for sure we'll right. we'll get there eventually but we want to get all the rifle stuff sorted out for sure. that makes sense yeah yeah F- yep. yeah focus on where you need to focus first don't spread yourself too thin yeah um now the the other thing i should mention the, the name of the company is international barrel so you're not just sell, selling in canada right you are distributing that's right where where have you been distributing so far? Uh, let's see, uh, England, uh, Norway, uh, the U.S. We can basically send the barrels anywhere that uh, Canada allows export of firearms. Okay, and cool. those countries allow import, obviously. Yeah. So, right. yep. Good stuff. Probably not going to find any going to Syria or any, yeah. anywhere like that. So, <clears throat> probably okay that way. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right, um, guys, Kelly, any other questions for Ryan on this? No, I think it's uh, it's really cool that we have a, a local Canadian manufacturer that's kind of supporting the uh, the barrels market because as we get um, some of these non-restricted rifles that, that have the capacity to change uh, cartridges, we need that support in. So, um, yeah, I'm just encouraging. I mean, yeah, get those weird ca- uh, cartridges in because uh, – uh, we're going to start to see people with the SLRs and the uh, WK180s and uh, that kind of thing that yep. want to run other cartridges. So the 224 Valkyries, the uh, uh, you know 65 Grandels, and whatever weird cartridge Trevor's in love with. There, um, <laughs> we're probably going to see people who want those. So uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Make them. I've already had quite a few requests from uh, guys that are you know the bcl 102 mm-hmm. uh yeah. guys for the uh one, yeah. the maccabee defense the slr <clears throat> are interested in other calibers and those are definitely uh in the works <clears throat> i had to air- iron out the ar thing first and so probably next up next project is going to be a replacement barrel for the uh bcl 102 in a bunch of fun calibers like 243 and 6.5 creedmoor 260 7 millimeter odd 8 338 federal what about uh, 22 22250 yeah uh, yeah you could probably do one in 22250 yeah i'm not sure how that feeds out of a magazine but we could yeah we could look at it for sure i've seen them um <clears throat> i've actually seen m14s the Norinco m305 rebarreled in 22250 really? yeah, yeah. Interesting. So it must feed pretty well out of a magnet. So then you'd be running probably an 80 or a 90 grain bullet at that point, I would think. Eh? On those yeah, guys. if you could. Yeah, yeah. Once you get the right twist rate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a sick little cartridge. Oh, uh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. 80 or 90 grain bullet doing like 28, 2900 feet per second would be pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'd want to have a fairly steady supply of barrels. <laughs> Doing that for sure, yeah. you're gonna, which which is fine. It, I'm not saying that you it, there's a reason to stay which, away from it because it true choose true barrel. So that's, I wonder. I wonder thing. if the same holds true for the Valkyrie. I expect it's hard on barrels. I would think so. I don't think it'll be as hard as say a 243 or a 22250. Uh, but I I wouldn't imagine that it's very easy on barrels. Yeah. That's for well, sure. Okay. It is a smaller uh, powder. Call it so. It might be a little better. Maybe a little be interesting to run one to see what kind of accurate life you get out of it. Mm. Everything's I'll probably end up doing. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's a compromise. You get higher performance, you end up yep. with less life. That's just the nature yep. beast. Yeah. Yeah. This job is kind of cool because I can actually test out some of those funkier calibers and not worry about having to, you know, replace barrels all the time. It's just, yeah. Tim, I need a new barrel for this one. Okay. More test barrels. Here we go. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, you, good. man. 
When I sent you a link, <laughs> yeah. Ryan, to the uh, did you? Seven, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll have a. Oh yeah, I see it there. Yeah. Okay, I'll have a look. Yeah, that's cool. I've never heard of that one before. Good numbers, and it's a, it's a great way to make your AR more suitable for larger game like deer and bear. Yep. Hogs, of course, but uh, that might be a fun one to play with uh, for the uh, the SLR. Uh, that, that's my goal is to get an upper built in that caliber for sure. I want three gun upper, a varmint upper, and a big game upper. Well, I'll tell you what, Trevor, if you get a reamer, you send me the reamer and no go gauges, I'll make you a barrel. Okay, I'm on it. <clears throat> Adriel, you're not going to get paid for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Adriel gets Adriel. paid. Now, now he's throwing himself under the bus. Nice. <laughs> I like this. Adriel, Adriel, uh, Adriel, basically, like he's my gun guy on a on a retainer. I just send him money every couple of months, and he keeps sending me stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a sweet deal. One of the only guys that'll send me guns up front. Nice. For now. Yeah, that's good. For now. <laughs> For a little bit. It's funny yeah. he didn't offer to send me a gun up front earlier in the show, but that's that's fine. That's that's okay. I don't blame him. I wouldn't trust me either. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, Ryan, thanks for your time. Um, no problem. I hope that uh, sort of gives you enough info. <clears throat> oh, I, th- I, I, yeah, I think so. And I'm, um, I'm really excited that, that we have a quality um, Canadian manufacturer. Another one. We seem to have all of a sudden there seems to be a few Canadian sources of, of barrels, and and the more the more the better. Um, and I know you know you are a an accuracy focused shooter, so you're that's what you're going to be after making for people. So. Yep. And, and keep in mind that we're making the barrels right from very scratch. There are other companies out there that bring barrels in from elsewhere and then machine them and sell them as their barrels. But they didn't right. actually make those barrels. Yeah, we they make everything right from the steel. Yeah, yeah. That's all they're doing is they're, they're sharpening the stick. Yeah, exactly. They're refinishing somebody else's blank. Exactly. Yeah, Calling we it take, their barrel. Yeah. We take control of the blank right from picking the steel and everything and drilling the hole all the way to the end. So there's a lot of love and care put in there, which you may not find in some of the other barrels, um, but you may, you never know. Some of them probably shoot pretty good, I bet. Yeah. Um, but ultimately the buck stops with you guys because you, you don't have anybody else in the chain to really blame. Nope. So <clears throat> that's right. So that's why we're, we're taking a lot of care. I, I was talking to one of the guys the other day and I said, no, we want to be the, we want to be their Mercedes Benz making a lower quality barrel if we end up going that way at some point instead of the Hyundai trying to make a $150,000 car. That's kind of a bad example, but you know, I, you know what I'm saying? Well, <clears throat> and there's a lot to be said for that because if you develop a reputation as making budget average quality stuff, it's hard later to yeah. make something that's really high end and get fair value for it. Whereas yeah, for sure. Yeah. If, if Mercedes starts making a, well, they made the smart car, you know, it's, you know, it's a pretty small little, you know, not really cheap, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. They could do something cheap and people would cheaper be high, you know, pretty Yeah, high. for sure. Yeah. The standards would be pretty good. And that's, you know, we want our reputation to be precision barrels that are super accurate, first of all. And then if there comes a point where, you know, we're making something that's a, a little uh, less expensive, then uh, hopefully you're going to get the same kind of quality out of it instead of trying to go the other way. Whereas you're yeah. known as a low-end barrel-making guy, and then you know, next thing you know, you're producing barrels that are eight hundred bucks. People are going to kind of go, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. the price on I had a look on your website while you were chatting. It's three ninety-nine for an AR barrel, 
Yeah, that's pretty reasonable when you think about it, especially if everything is all hand done. Yep. Everything. So that's actually a really good price. So. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. we're we're trying to keep it reasonable because uh, that is one of my pet peeves is that when I went to get a new barrel and I burned one out uh, a couple of years ago or last year uh, to get a replacement barrel was like 800 bucks mm-hmm. to get a good replacement barrel. I could have got a crappy one for you know, whatever the case may be. But if you want one that's capable of shooting really, really well up to 500 meters, then, you know, the, the 299 barrel is probably not going to cut it for you. So the, the alternative was about 800 bucks and about six to eight months wait. Mm. So I want to eliminate all that for Canadians. I want them to be reasonable. I want them to shoot just as good and I want them to be available. So those are my three goals. Says, those sounds like goals that I can get down with for sure. Good. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, Ryan, thanks for your time. We'll let you fly. Of course. And, uh, we'll be in touch. I think we're probably going to talk uh, later this month. That's right. I'll see you at the uh, TACCOM show in, where's that anyway? It's in Ajax. Ajax, Ajax, yeah. That's right. Ajax. Yeah. The other side of Toronto. Yeah. Yep. I will be, uh, I'll be there. I'm going to be sharing a bit of space with the uh, folks from Grand Power. So uh, come by and see us. They've got some really, really cool pistols and I'll have some really cool barrels. And uh, yeah, it'd be good to, uh, to shake a few hands and put a few faces to names. And All right. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Okay, guys. Thanks Later, a lot. Man. All right. Take it easy. You bet. All right. Let's head into listener feedback. Uh, and it's uh, pretty quick. Uh, the first one here, I guess I'll take. Uh, this one's from James B. Uh, hey, Slamfire. Did he cut the barrel at 18 or 18.6? Uh, 18.6. Keep your Richard in advice. P.S. Trevor, the girls are still waiting for a shout out. And the video he sent over was the uh, uh, video of that gun order in the U.S. who chopped his AR down to to an illegal length he was he was trying to symbolically show how he was making one less ar in the world by chopping it in half but he chopped it where the it would still shoot <laughs> it would just be an illegal sbr which is like a big no-no in the states yeah hilarious and um yeah for the mini snaps uh here's your show great video you guys are too cute and obviously you get all, all your talent from your mom cool uh right. kelly did you want to read the next one yes it's also from james b it says trevor not saying you're a know-it-all but know-it-alls are people too they need a pat on the back with a 7.62 by 51 millimeter keep your richard and advice oh, uh, i know you know what i did to him some that time oh yeah he didn't like the text message exchange that we had going on i'm going to see his buddy don and uh I wasn't replying to his, are you going? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Don, Don who? I, I never heard of her. So it's, uh, you know, it's just a ginger snapping again. I mean, redheads um, in, instead of a soul are filled with hate. And uh, this is the kind of emails that we get. So it's unfortunate, but this is what he likes to do. He likes to hate on me through email because he's a soulless uh, ginger. Cool. Okay. Yeah, okay, so now that we don't have any more red-headed <laughs> listeners, <laughs> that's that's Trevor at Slamfireradio.com. All right, let's get this thing on the road. iTunes reviews. None, uh, there is but none. please leave us one. Or, yes. Uh, or leave us one on Podbean or Google Thing or BeanPod or Beanstalk or Podbean or... Uh, any other bean-related uh, podcasting applications? Uh, shoutouts, Trevor. No, I don't. I don't have any this week. I'm sure somebody deserves one, but I can't remember. 
Kelly? Yeah, I have a couple. So Robert, Wes, and Kelly, it was great to shoot with you. So just wanted to say hello and also say give a shout out to Wes because I know that Robert's going to get him to listen. And also to Lucas uh, K from the CCFR. You're amazing. Oh. You're the bomb. I just wanted to see. That's it. I do have one, Adriel. Sorry. Okay. Um, to Jeff Reese from the Calgary Shooting Center, if you don't stop there, you're a communist. He, uh, he put this in the mail for me. It's a Remington five nine seven. Why another Remington five nine seven? I don't know, dude, because it was super cheap. Okay, that's a good reason. So, um, I immediately replaced the rails. Kelly was giving me some help selecting rails for my five nine seven before or after the maple seat. After the maple seat, so I brought in a Remington rail and I brought in EGW. And since I went with the EGW, I had this Remington rail, and this was. the scope was attached with those rimfire rings that go right onto the receiver. Exactly, yeah. Kelly. That's the same yeah. face I made. Yeah. And so I ripped those off, put on real rings and a real rail, and reattached the scope. So, uh, Is that a Remington uh, heavy barrel or regular synthetic? Regular synthetic. So it actually has the iron sights still yep. on there. And I'll just leave them on there, I guess. Uh, a couple of listeners were interested in this gun. In case I was going to flip it, and I'm not sure if I'm going to flip it or not. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. And I'll just uh, I'll tune it up like I did the other one. I'll drop in the Volkorch and hammer and polish the guide rods. Um, maybe the M Carbo spring kit. Why not? And just keep it as a as a um, a loner for maple seed. Once I put some sling studs and swivels on it, and uh, call it good. Oh, so yeah. I almost forgot about that. Sorry, Brian. Cool. I uh, know. I, I don't feel like shouting at anybody this week. I'm trying to cut down on my shouting. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> trying. My Good kids have heart. asked me to cut down on my shouting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Patreon. Uh, we've got 79 Patreonies. Uh, our newest Patreoni is Chuck Wagon Winchester 231. Uh, definitely, uh, check us out on Patreon. So this is starting to become like the way that, uh, <laughs> gun media gets money. I mean, there's not a lot of, uh, platforms out there that'll do advertisements these days. YouTube won't a lot of, uh, uh I just saw recently here, Hickok 45 is moving to Patreon as well. So, uh, military arms channel already is Hickok 45 is on there. Um, Ian from forgotten weapons uh, is on there as well. So we're starting to see that, uh, that's the way things are going. I'm, I'm personally really interested in, uh, what this is going to do to the quality of content. I think it's going to be a good thing. Uh, so bear with me for a second. Uh, in the past, gun places, uh, places would uh, would get uh, sponsorships. They would get um, advertisements in their magazines, and then they couldn't say anything bad about those uh, particular firearms. So that's why, you know, when the Remington R51 came out, you look through the magazines and it was all sunshine and rainbows when it was a piece of garbage. Um, and I'm like, I'm kind of interested in the idea that all this stuff is crowdfunded. It's all paid for by the people who are consuming the content. The content should be better, right? It should be less biased. It should be more geared to what people want to watch and not what manufacturers are advertising. And that dollar uh, figures paying for people to watch. Right. And slam fire was unsponsored for years because we always wanted the freedom to say what we wanted whenever we wanted about whoever we wanted. And, you know, Calgary shooting, the Calgary shooting center understands that. Um, so, and you wanted the, the freedom to have a like go button moments. 
Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, listeners are, are, are supporting us and it's all the more reason to be upfront and honest with the listeners because they're paying us to be upfront and honest. They're not paying us to plug one product over another product. Very rarely are manufacturers giving us stuff um, on occasion. Right. And so um, we're not, we're, we don't have to be necessarily loyal to too many people or places right now. We're free to come and go as we please and say what we want. And I think, I think that's that's why they support us through Patreon because they know that we're not necessarily sellouts. Yep, well, some of us. <laughs> and as, as a what's my hat say? What is, is that? <laughs> and as a patron, targets, yeah. I like that it gives me the opportunity to support who I choose to support. Yep. You know, if, yeah. if you're putting a good Buy time, a magazine. I can throw you some money and you know to help yep. keep that coming. Yeah, because yeah, it helps us pay for, you know, all, all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah, we get some t-shirts yeah. and send that out to people and patches yeah, and you get stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. What what do they get, Adriel, if they support us? Other than my unbiased, honest opinion about how you know <laughs> guns like Grandpa <laughs> suck. Uh, let's see. They're going to get uh, access to the Patreoni uh, special episodes. Um, every once in a while, we're going to do some weird episode that's only going to be Patreon to start with. Um, they get a patch and sticker in the mail and very soon, uh, members who have, uh, uh, been with us for a while or have a very high, uh, rate of donation will get a t-shirt in the mail that says Slamfire Radio on it. And it's actually a nice t-shirt. It's not one of those crappy shirts, right? Yeah. It's not like this. Like this is one of those like $5 Walmart things and it's like cotton and it sweats and it gets nasty. This one's like a blend. So, and it's got like a collar on it. So you could wear it to a shooting range. Hmm. Could. What's the color? As long as gray, gray. Hmm. Apparently that's going to work the best with the color of the logo. So right. I don't know how to prefer black, but they said that that would work best. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Got a okay. hundred of those things coming. So, Couple t-shirts. Nice. Um, yeah, so definitely check us out at Patreon patreon.com slash slamfire radio or just go to slamfireradio.com. We've got a button on there somewhere. Um, please join one or more of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR, the CSSA. They're both on the news um, trying to defend our rights out there. So it's important that they have our support. Uh, check us out at Gun Owners of Canada. We've got a forum over there where you can discuss the shows. Uh, like us on Facebook. We're at 1,856 likes. That's also another place where you can talk about the shows. And uh, I don't know, get out there and uh, do some competition shooting in the snow because, you know, it's Canada, but heck with it, we're Canadians. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everyone. <laughs> hey, everybody. See you next week. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.